And now, a Breakthrough Basketball original podcast, The Jim Huber Show. After basketball, his dream is to become a rodeo clown. Jim Huber. Hey, everybody. Oh, it is hard work being this good. I was like, ow. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a, a big choo-choo train. Alex Servazio is our guest today. He runs a uh, consulting firm, CVAS Consulting, and helps coaches with social media. So, Alex, thanks for being on the show today. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. You know, the older generation, like I didn't have a computer until I was almost 22 years old. You had a computer, like a laptop when you are 10. So, this older generation, the mindset is social media doesn't matter um, it's for the younger generation. What do you say to those type of coaches and parents of today? Well, I would say that, you know, if you're trying to recruit someone, if you're trying to lead someone, motivate someone, you know, just have a formal relationship or friendship, whatever it might be, no matter what the medium has been over the years, you've always had to speak to them in their language in a way that they understand. So teams nowadays, you know, whether you're 13, 17, you know, high school age, talking to a coach, or whether you're in college, um, most of your time is spent on, you know, a digital platform, you know, everyone has a phone now. I think 74% of teams age 13 to 18 have a smartphone. 92% of those teams are going online daily. And I think almost a fourth of those teams are constantly on their phones, whether it's Twitter or messaging or Facebook or Snapchat or whatnot. So my biggest thing is if you want to really connect with these people, uh, with these teams, these young kids, and talk to them where they live, you have to kind of understand it. And let's, let's face it, you know, the, the 20th century recruiting model or coaching model of, you know, writing letters and phone calls, that's great. And that worked really well for the last 50 years, but it's changing. And, you know, as more, you know, kids come online and more social networks and messaging apps and all this stuff just continues to grow and grow, it's only getting worse. So rather than be behind the ball, get in front of it and make sure that you understand what's going on so you can stay ahead of the game. Let's talk about the king of social media when it comes to coaches. Uh, John Calipari has 1.4 million rabid Kentucky. I mean, they look like the Braveheart scene where they're all painted and they're standing (laughs) on a hill. That's what Kentucky fans look like. They're insane. He's got 1.4 million. And the next closest coach, Jimmy, you said Tom Crean has 100,000 followers? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, how is he dominating it so well? What's he doing right? He was the first there. I mean, let's face it, when he left to go to Kentucky, he was the first to to stand there and say, okay, this is the future. I'm going to embrace this. And he has CoachCal.com. He has a full-time staff that is putting content up there. He has a a guy that does his Instagram, his Facebook, his Snapchat, his everything. So he understands that if I'm going to connect with these kids, I need to take it one step further. So, you know, he's going after the the five-star recruits, you know, competing with all the big-name programs. So if he can have that little advantage up there where he's posting a picture of, oh, with Drake or I'm backstage with Jay-Z, that little thing that might seem meaningless to another guy is making the difference between, you know, getting that five-star recruit and missing him out, you know, losing him to Kansas or something. There's not many staffs in the country that have a dedicated digital guy like Cal does. He gets it in the sense that the athletic department has their goals and the coaching staff has our goals. And what I mean by that is I deal with a lot of coaches a lot of times with, okay, you know, we have an SID or we have a marketing department guy. We have, they have a lot of different goals in the staff. They might be trying to sell more tickets. They might be trying to, to activate the students. They might be trying to get local sponsors, whereas the staff is trying to recruit. The staff is trying to build the program. The staff is trying to, to put the culture online in a digital sense or motivate their own players. So in a sense, you have two different very, you know, groups trying to, trying to 
take over that one space. Cal has taken that away from Kentucky in some sense with CoachCal.com, with his own social media, and, you know, kind of owned it a little bit more. Hey, Alex, if, if someone doesn't have the resource we talked about, like Coach Cal, you know, I've seen something like, you know, Sprout, um, buffer, different things you can use maybe to post a bunch of things out and schedule it at one time to different social media outlets. Do you suggest that for coaches to use? Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I use Buffer. That's my, uh, primarily the one I use the most just because it's, it's the most innovative. They're adding features. It's not as bloated as some of the other ones. Sprout is good, too. And what that allows coaches to do is, you know, say you have a bunch of quotes or you're reading articles on the weekend and, you know, you highlight a quote or a sentence. Put that down, and, and instead of spending, you know, 20 minutes a day, just, just put one day aside each month and say, hey, I'm going to type all these up, or I'm going to copy and paste these and, and throw these into my buffer. And then you can have it sent out, and it will be scheduled to either go out whenever you want, or you can say, hey, whenever there's the most amount of followers that are following me online, it will send it out at the optimum times to, to maximize your engagement. Yeah, I hear you talk a lot about social media strategy. What would be a strategy on social media that somebody could follow? So, you know, a lot of people have these, these facades that they put out there, which, which is understandable because you can kind of hide behind, you know, whatever you put out there. What I like to do is, you know, if, if, if you're building a culture in the locker room, in the office, on the court, share that exactly how you would if you were in the huddle, but share that online. What, what are you great at? What are you trying to set yourself apart at? Because everyone in the coaching world is a, is a coach in some way. But are you a master, you know, recruiter are you a pick and roll guy you know what what is your niche and and really hit that niche hard and what i mean by that is if you're a pick and roll guy and you're watching nba games share the share a share a play that you just watched on espn last night write a blog about it tweet about it the strategy can be tailored to, to whatever you're actually doing in real life alex what do you do exactly i mean if i'm a coach listening and i need i need alex how, how do i get a hold of you and what do you do for coaches and colleges Basically, what I do for coaches in colleges, and this is this, this is I've learned I've been uh, you know around coaches for years. Um, started off with Billy Dom of Florida, and then Donna Jones UCF, and then now a bunch of other guys. And I've seen that um, there's a gap in budget. There's not everyone can pay for you know to travel here and go see this kid play at, at this game or this tournament, or they can't pay for this. But the one thing that levels the playing field for everyone is the digital realm. It's you know a website, it's social media, it's all that. So what I do is I try to, to level the playing field for you. And whether that's us building you a website, maintaining the website with you know rich visual content, graphics, infographics, you know nice Photoshop uh, photos of your players, all that stuff, from the website to the social media to the, e- the email newsletter. A lot of the times people really forget that email is, is almost the, the best way to reach people because you have to you either delete it, you read it, or it just sits there in your inbox. Whereas if I post to Twitter, you might not have been on Twitter that day and you didn't mm. see it. But if I send you an email, you're going to get it. Well, when you think about that, even high schools today, private schools, but we live in an area where we have open enrollment in high schools. So you, as a coach to me, you'd want to you know, influence kids to want to come to your school. How could a coach, say at the high school level, what would they do to try to create an advantage for themselves recruiting-wise and get someone to want to come to their school? Well, I say to coaches all the time, um, you know, whether, whether it's going to be the kid that's going to Google you or the parent or someone, you know, the, the influence maker in that household, if I'm interested in coming to your school or I've heard your name or whatnot, the first thing I'm going to do is probably Google your name. And the first thing that's going to pop up on that is usually your biography on the school's website, but then the next couple things is going to be your social media accounts, so your Twitter, if you have an Instagram, you know, Facebook, maybe you have a blog or a website. 
So I always talk to coaches, you know, why, why create this divide where they don't know enough about you? Let's, let's, let's bridge that gap and let's put as much possible out there. So I know that, oh, I'm going to his team. I'm going to learn. This is how he does it. This is how the culture is there. This is what I can expect my practice to be. This is what I can expect my game day to be. You know, this is, this is the, the people I'm going to be around. And for a parent, if I'm sending my pride and joy to a college, I want to feel comfortable that the next four years of that kid's life are going to be with someone that I trust and admire and all that stuff. What if a coach or program doesn't have the budget? They don't have, like, the resources. What do they do? You know, I can understand that in terms of a content generation standpoint. And what I mean by that is, you know, slick video, nice graphics. But Twitter is free. Facebook is free. Instagram is free. You know, you can set up a blog for free. All these stuff are free. The only thing that costs anything is your time. Can high school coaches and, say, like AU spring summer coaches have programs? Uh, is that something that you help them out as well and there's something that uh, within their budget that would work? Yeah, I think, I think especially for, for high school coaches, um, you know, depending on what you're trying to do with your platform online, a website is first and foremost the thing that I would recommend that we would work with you to build. Um, and, and that is in the sense that I'm just differentiating myself online. Um, if I'm a, I'm a coach and I believe highly in this, where am I going to put all my thoughts and where am I going to put all my passion? It, you know, Twitter is great, but I need to write a little bit longer on it. Maybe I just read a great book on, on so-and-so and I want to reflect on that and, and pull out, extrapolate a couple of teaching points and bullet points on there that I could post to my blog. Or, you know, if it's an AAU team that I, you know, that's in competition with a lot of kids, how am I differentiating myself from all the guy, other guys in the area. So at that level, I think a website um, management, a website design, all that stuff can, can go a long way, whether it's getting you more kids to your program, um, you know, getting you a new job, or just getting your name out there. What rules should a coach, like a high school coach, have for his players involving social media? Because some coaches just say, hey, no, no tweeting during the season, nothing. Well, that's funny you say that because, you know, Dabo Sweeney and Clemson right now, they have not, they've been on a Twitter ban, social media ban the whole season, and now they're the number one team in the nation. I don't like it because that's like saying, you know, you don't have the freedom to, to talk to whoever you want. You know, freedom of speech is kind of limited. Um, my biggest thing, and I always tell coaches and, and, and players, if your mom would be disappointed in reading it, don't put it out there. And that's all I can really say. And from a coach aspect, coaches need to, if the head coach is not, someone on the staff needs to be monitoring every player's social media. So I would say a lot, of, a lot of coaches look at social media as a negative, as a distraction, and I would tell them, yes, it can be, but education is more important. You have to educate them on how, how to use it to the best, how to use it to learn. I would, I'll be honest, I don't think enough kids are being taught how to learn from Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. If you follow the right people and you, you go out there, you can get information that you can't really get anywhere else. It will come to you. So I would say it's a learning process. It's a learning opportunity for coaches to say, hey, guys, make sure you're putting positive stuff out there, but also make sure you're, t- you're reading positive stuff while you're on there. So it, it, rather than try to ban them from it, let's just try to use it as a learning opportunity and teach them how to best use it to help them in their future. You talk about it being a learning opportunity, okay? You're a player. Who do you follow? If I'm a player, I'm, I'm following, first of all, <laughs> I'm following my favorite players. So if I'm you know, a LeBron guy, a Kobe guy, I'm following them. I mean, my biggest thing is, okay, if I'm a, if I'm a kid and I'm a captain of a team right now, how am I going to get better? And I'll be honest, there's probably not a, a website you can go out there, I'm a captain, blah, blah, blah. So I would say, what are the best leadership tips that are 
you know, the Zuckerbergs of the world doing, Elon Musk of the world are doing. That's what I've always found is read about people who have been successful. And whether, whether they're putting it out there themselves or, like I said, a business times or an ink is putting it out there, make sure you're seeking out people that have had success. And it doesn't matter if it's in basketball or if it's in football or in business, if it's, you know, Steve Jobs, whoever it might be, they did something there to get to where they were that can probably help you get through practice, get through workouts, get through school. And that's the same thing for coaches too, right, who they'd follow? I mean, same idea. I would say it's even easier for coaches because coaches can then take that and use it as a teaching lesson to kids. Um, a lot of times, like for instance, um, I do a lot of work with Buzz Williams. Buzz will take, you know, one quote from something about, you know, Elon Musk. Which yeah, is Buzz is good do. at that. He can drag it, it on for nothing, 30 minutes. Yeah, exactly. It has nothing to do with basketball. It has yeah. nothing to do with who they're playing. And he'll sit the guys down and he'll talk for 30 minutes about how that applies to yeah. what they're doing. So I think the more you read, and the Internet makes it easy to go out there and find information, the more you can get out of it and, and kind of extrapolate, you know, maybe a sentence here, a couple words here, that can then you, you can then apply to your guys. Alex, let's go back to educating the players. You can tell about Buzz Williams and different coaches. Would you suggest, like, having meetings and then showing maybe information on how to tweet or how to use social media, like examples? Would like you put up a board that? like, boys, this is a Kardashian. I don't want to see anything <laughs> about any Kardashians during the season. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think the, the best, uh, best way to educate people is to show them. Uh, I think most people are visual learners as opposed to auditory learners, unfortunately. Um, so I would say, okay, here's a great tweet, and then right next to that I would put, here's a bad tweet. And, you know, guys, uh, raise your hand and tell me why this is a good tweet, why that's a bad tweet. And let them, let them tell you what they think. Get their feedback on it. And then, honestly, ask them, who are you guys following the most? And a lot of guys are probably going to have very similar people, you know, whether it's a rapper, whether it's, a, you know, Kobe, whatever, whoever it might be. And then you go and pick from those people that, who they look up to, who they already recognize with, and say, wow, okay, this is something powerful from Kobe. Or this is something, you know, Drake put out on Instagram that I think is, is a good look. That way they get it, okay? It's not like, oh, I can't be cool. You can still be cool. Just make sure what you're saying is positive. It paints you in the right light. It looks like, okay, I'm trying to help others. I'm not putting anyone down. I think the biggest thing before you send, hit send on a tweet or an Instagram or whatever it might be, is it painting me in a good light? Is it putting anyone down? And with my mom, like to see this. Yeah, and I, and I agree with that. And I think that's where, like, even Ohio State a couple weeks ago when they got beat by Michigan State and they come out with the tweets to players and, you know, they're disappointed and, you know, making comments about the coaching staff and things like that. Now their culture is so strong they're able to kind of bridge that together and have a great performance against Michigan. But if your culture is not strong, those are things that can kind of, you know, break your team apart. Yeah, I mean, you look at Ezekiel Elliott after that game and, you know, he rips into the coaches for not getting the touches. And then they, they go on social media, like you said. That's something that is, is not, it's not acceptable. I mean, that, that's something I would educate the kids on. Don't go and grab your phone right after a loss. Because that's when you're pissed. You know, you just had a bad game. None of your shots were falling. That's when you're going to say the worst. I would say relax, decompress, then grab your phone. But don't react to games. I tell coaches all the time. Do not react to games on Twitter. And it's the same for players. If you won, great. You don't need to tweet about another great win. If you lost, you definitely don't need to send anything about about it. I don't think anything that, that you put online should be a reaction to a game unless you're winning a conference championship, you know, conference tournament, you know, unless it's a monumental win and it's something that it's, it's a positive, you know, sharing opportunity. But a lot of times, you know, you see people 
reflect, like you said, on wins, losses. There's no reason to do that. If you're yeah. winning, everyone knows you're winning. If you're losing, you don't need to be talking about it. Now, we know coaches, sometimes at the high school level, maybe college, the revenue they make isn't great, their salaries. So a lot of them will try to do camps or clinics or workouts. What could they do on social media to help promote that to maybe create more enrollment in those areas? I would say social media is, is tailor-made for this, and, and basically you have to hit the parents. The parents are the ones getting the kids to the camps. The, kid, the kids aren't really going out there and signing up. So I would say run a Facebook ad campaign that is geared towards you know parents in your area, and you can get it now with Facebook really, really, really targeted down to I'm a parent of an 18-year-old boy or a 17-year-old girl, whatever it might be, who enjoys basketball, who lives within 25 miles out of campus, and you just hit them with ads. And, you know, as, as much as, as easy as that sounds, if they don't know about it, they can't take action. Alex Servazio uh, is our guest, CVAS Consulting. When I look back as an athlete, man, I'm so glad that we didn't have Twitter back in the 1980s. I'd probably be in prison somewhere. I mean, when I was 17, my brain wasn't formed. I, I was an idiot. Uh, thank God I wasn't amplifying it on social media. And then it's out there forever. Well, there's no, there's, there's obviously you can go out there and try to delete stuff and, and kids thinking if I go back and delete things, it's gone forever. And like you said, it, it's not. I mean, there's an archive of everything. A, a future president of the United States right now is taking a selfie and posting it on Instagram. If that scares you. Do you ever talk to kids about, you know, sometimes lost opportunities of maybe getting a scholarship or a job opportunity because things that they post on Facebook or Twitter? I think the loss of scholarship thing is, is partially on the education at the high school and AAU basketball level. Um, you know, everyone's being not really being educated on, on how they can lose things. You know, the guys are, are young, naive. They don't understand that, you know, even though I have 600 followers, that I'm, if I'm a coach looking to recruit you, I can just type your name in on Google. I don't have to follow you, and I can look at all your stuff. So I, it goes back to just educating. I don't think a lot of guys know the power that they have, you know, as a – 16-year-old kid that's getting highly recruited. If, even if you're not getting recruited to Kansas or Kentucky or the big ones, there's you know a couple schools that are looking at you that might eliminate you because of, like you said, one bad tweet. How do coaches, if you have a limited staff and say you're by yourself and you have a <laughs> roster of 12 kids, how do you follow them or check them on Twitter or social media? Well, I would say from a Twitter aspect, Twitter kind of makes it easy. You can create a list, and this is what I tell coaches, create a list of your players. Um, that way, you know, if you check it once a day or you check it every other day, you just go to that list, and it's only your players' posts. So you can scroll back a couple days, you know, a week. You can see everything the past couple weeks. Hmm. Whether it's on Instagram, it's gonna be a little, it's gonna be a little tougher. I would say create a dummy account um, that you know isn't who you are, like doesn't say, "Hey, I'm Coach So and So," and just follow all your players on that. So really so, what, what you're saying is when, when the apps continue to evolve, I'm like a guy trying to put my finger in a dam where another leak <laughs> just keeps springing out. Oh, there's Yik Yak. Oh, there's Snapchat. Oh, there's yeah. – it's impossible. So really Keeps as a parent, going. once you figure out Twitter or Facebook, they're on to the next thing. But what, what, what can you do? Like I, I'm a parent that has a, a three-year-old, and you know social media is going to change, but how can I as a parent, as they're growing up, maybe educate them as a youth so they make better decisions as they get older and they start getting phones and well i would say educate yourself first so then you can educate your kids when it's time um you know when, when should i let my kid on facebook 
it's interesting to see now because Facebook is almost becoming the internet in that you sign up for other websites and you log into other websites in your Facebook account. So if you don't have a Facebook account, it's kind of it's going to limit you in some ways. And if you're an eight or nine year old kid, that's probably a good thing that you're limited. But I would say it's going to creep younger and younger and younger. And I can just go, always go back to educating. And, and if you can educate your kid by educating yourself first, go out there and read TechCrunch. Go out there and read, you know, Mashable. Go out there and read The Next Web. There's a ton and ton of blogs out there that only focus on social media, social media trends, digital adoption, all that stuff. And like we were just talking about, there's always going to be a new app. There's always going to be a new messaging platform. There's always going to be something new. That's, that's not really fully understood. But if you can educate yourself and read about it before it's huge, then you can make yourself aware that, oh, this Yik Yak thing is completely anonymous. It's location-based. I don't need to worry about, you know, my kid saying something stupid on there because no one, no one knows who it's coming from. Or, you know, Snapchat, what's this thing called a Snap Story? Oh, that's up there for 24 hours. Everyone that follows my kid can see it. That might be more acceptable than that. So I would say, like, like it always comes back to education in in any any platform. You know, there's not a, there's not an equation, there's not a re- recipe, there's not something I can say. Okay, do this, do this. Go out there and use the internet for yourself, so then you can impart that knowledge on your kids. So, what's the best way to reach you, Alex, to get a hold of you? Best way um, would be either email, um, which is Alex at cvasconsulting.com, dot com um, at cvas on Twitter, which is at cvas. And go to the website, check it out, tweet me, email me, whatnot. I'd, I'd love to help out and speak to anyone. Um, you know, I've, we got a lot of clients now, but I, I love to work with coaches at all levels. Um, mostly right now working with Division One coaches, but because of, you know, the nature of the beast, everyone needs it. And I'd love to talk to everyone and try to help everyone, you know, move up. Alex, we've got three questions, and we're going to release you out into the wild, okay? <laughs> okay. Uh, Alex, you're stranded on a beautiful island. And you only have one movie to watch the rest of your life. Over and it? over. Empire Strikes Back. I'm not looking for a friend. I'm looking for a Jedi Master. Uh, Jedi Master? Yoda. You seek Yoda. You know him? Mm. Take it to him, I will. <laughs> yes, yes. But now, must eat. Empire Strikes Back. Yes, okay, you got some new Star Wars coming out. That's right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. If you had one book... To give to somebody to impact their lives in a in an amazing way, what would it be? Um, you'll never eat alone. Why is that? Basically, it teaches you to to realize that every interaction, every possible moment you have with people, something positive could come from it. You can you can meet your mentor, you can meet you know the love of your life, you can meet someone who's going to hire you. Every interaction, there's potential for growth, and um, it's it's a new opportunity. Good. The last one is what is the most impactful words or statement that somebody's ever given you in your life? George Raveling is one of my mentors, and I, I can't, I could probably list off a thousand things he said to me, but um, basically, he always tells me, he goes, Listen, you know, if you're not going to do it, don't expect someone else to get it done for you. If you're going to create tomorrow, you have to do it on your own. Uh, you know, he always goes back to, 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 you know, don't be afraid to fail. If you're going to fail, fail forward. You know, those little failures are going to be learning opportunities tomorrow. Um, so I would say probably from him, you know, fail hard, fail often, but make sure you learn from it and move on and take that and turn those failures into little successes or, be, or huge, huge uh, wins. 
Alex, thank you so much. And we will list all of the links. One of the things Jimmy is doing a great job of is breaking down each podcast and making sure all the contact info is out there. So we appreciate your time. It was terrific. Take care and God bless, buddy. Uh, you too. You got it. Jimmy, have a great day. Good luck at your skunk house uh, with your, your dog that's been attacked by a skunk. And you know, <laughs> shave the dog and you have to rub uh, lotion on the dog. And... I, I, I don't even wish that on my worst enemy, the skunk stuff. That's bad stuff. I wish all grown-ups felt like babies. All right, Jim, we'll have a great day. And uh, thanks to Breakthrough Basketball, a great sponsor. And on the show, uh, coming up, Don Kelbick will be joining us. The Zellers uh, are coming up. The Zellers, uh, what a great yeah, book. You gave one. me that book the other day, Steve and Lori Zeller, Three Kids in the NBA, and you think, you know, th- there's a lot to learn yeah. in that book. Can't wait to talk to the Zellers. So have a great time. We'll see you next time here on The Big Show.